Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. Besides helping us to make shows like this possible, you'll get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of access to exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. That includes stuff like premium podcasts like Tep and Step, access to all 61 years of the magazine in our digital archives, recruiting analysis, and must-see insight from the Dave Campbell's Texas Football crew. If all of that sounds good to you, we hope you'll consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe that's texasfootball.com slash subscribe and thanks for listening the texas football today podcast is brought to you by chocolate milk built by nature you can watch texas football today live weekdays at noon at texasfootball.com and on facebook and if you like the show subscribe to the podcast vendor of your choice give us a positive rating and tell a friend yes yes y'all from the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas. It is Texas Football Today, a show on the internet. My name is Greg Tupper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football a Magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com or on Facebook, or you're listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I am sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today, making us sound good. She is the Duchess of the Dorks. She got to be at two awesome football games this weekend. She's Ashley Pickle. Awesome is a it's, relative we do, I do. I, I, think I've, I think I've mentioned this to you, but um, our producer. So you were at Katie and Buda Hayes mm-hmm. on Saturday. And on Friday, you were at Cedar Park and Corpus Christi Vets. This was for Fox, for you to do yes. raps. Yeah, this was, like this was Fox reporting. And those were assigned to you by our good friend, your friend and mine, mm-hmm. Patrick Madrowski, the, the, the producer at Fox. Uh, I saw him on Saturday when I went and did scoreboard. Mm-hmm. And uh, he wants to send his apologies <laughs> for assigning you to those. Like, there were, like, of the eight games, I thought five of them were pretty good, mm-hmm. ranging from great to pretty good. Yeah. And then there one, were my one was, two. Like, Ryder, Ryder and Alito got away from – we'll talk about all these games, by the way, coming up in a moment. Uh, Ryder and Alito got away from Ryder late. But it was interesting for the first half. Um, it, you had two – uh, sixty-three to seven was uh, was Katie quite a task. I, I said that though. Um, luckily, that was a Saturday game, and the weather was pretty mm-hmm. nice. If it would have been the weather that we had Friday night when it was super cold and a sixty-three to seven, that would have been tough. I might have texted Patrick. <laughs> yeah. Today is Monday, January eleventh, twenty twenty-one. Three hundred eighteen days until Thanksgiving. Episode one thousand ninety-five. One thousand ninety-five. This is the Coot Veal episode. Coot Veal. Uh, is a shortstop who played in 69 games for the Washington Senators in 1961. Coot Veal, 69 games for the Washington Senators nice. in 1961. That is today's fun fact. Uh, do we have first four through the door? We sure do. It was Allison Brown, Rob Hadaway, Ed McElroy, and Aaron Flynn. Welcome in, fellas and Lady fella. Thank you. Our lady fella, Thank Allison Brown, out yep. from East Texas. Let's put some respect on her name. Also, Rob Hadaway, freaking out in the comments his, uh, about his dragons. <laughs> Did something happen? I'm kidding. 
We'll talk about that on today's show, guys. Uh, so I did not record an instant reaction video over the weekend. This show is going to serve as my instant reaction video. We're going to go through all eight semifinals. We'll talk a little bit about the state championship games. We're going to focus today on looking back before later this week. We're going to focus on looking forward. So a lot to get to. Yes, I didn't shoot an instant reaction video for the Katie game. I did for that the other did, game. That seemed unnecessary. Uh, I don't what, have much to say. What would it be? Katie good. Katie is good at football. See you guys on Monday for TFT. <laughs> All right. So let's go through the eight state semifinal games here uh, that we saw this past weekend and break them down just a little bit. We will start in 5A Division Two, And 5A Division Two, I think probably the game that um, – um, I think the game that, that the fewest people maybe paid attention to, I think because it had – Arguably the biggest favorite in it, mm -hmm. which would be Alito's win over Wichita Falls Ryder. Uh, Alito pulls away for a 55-28 win over Ryder to advance to their fifth straight state championship. Uh, Alito is now the seventh program in Texas high school football history to reach five consecutive title games. Mm -hmm. That is pretty impressive stuff. This game was tight through the first half. Mm -hmm. It was 7-7 at the end of the first quarter, and then it was 21-7 Alito at the end at halftime, and you're thinking, okay, well, if Ryder can figure some things out. But at that point, um, they, in fact, late in the third quarter, this was a seven-point game, but the Bearcats then scored touchdowns on consecutive plays, forced turnovers on back-to-back -back plays, and pulled away from them and came mm -hmm. up with those big plays when they needed to. And I, to me, that has been the story of Alito this year has been a bend don't break defense, mm -hmm. right? They give up yards. Like this defense I don't think is is they're is, not locked down. It's it's yeah, this isn't one of those spectacular defenses. In fact, like you know, I can tell you that from cuz I put up these these awesome graphics at texasfootball.com/state. Uh Alito is 39th in 5A Division 2 in 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 scoring defense. Mm -hmm. Like it's it's good. You know, it's obviously good enough to get into a title game. But they come up with big plays at the big moment when they need it. Mm -hmm. And furthermore, they pounce on your mistakes yep. and they run the ball really well. They are an old school team. This mm -hmm. is a, if the last time you saw Alito uh, was when they had a Bishop brother at quarterback or they were throwing the ball around a fair bit. This is not a team that throws the ball the time. Mm -mm. They lean on getting the ball to JoJo Earl and to Marco Roberts and letting that big offensive line push. And I think that so many people, DeMarco Roberts deserves so much credit for this mm -hmm. season because any time that I've seen Alito play, I mean, he is just out. I know JoJo Earl is a household name and we've heard about him for so long, but DeMarco Roberts well, is a heck of a player. I mean, and if you look at the numbers that he is putting up on a per-game basis... It's insane. ...compared to Jace McClellan last year, mm -hmm. it's really comparable. Yeah. It's really comparable. DeMarco Roberts, and by the way, he was put over at running back. Mm -hmm. He's a cornerback by trade. He's, yeah. a, he's a defender. Um, and so Alito's into their fifth straight uh, state championship game where they will face... The Crosby Cougars. As Crosby... Talk about a banger of a game. Crosby beats Liberty Hill 62-61 to 61 in overtime. And this game was tremendous. I, my this photographer game. for the Saturday game was at the game on Friday night, and he goes, he's been doing this a long time, he goes, that's one of the best games I've ever shot. It's awesome. It was awesome. It was awesome. So, uh, <laughs> this was a game that it's hard to really tell the whole story of it. But in the, it, it's one of those games you have to feel, like you have to be in the live in the mm -hmm. moment, because at the beginning, Liberty Hill gets the ball, and their first two possessions, Crosby, like, shuts them down. Mm -hmm. Crosby, like, holds them down, and, and you start thinking, you're like, uh-oh, did they figure it out? 
Like, did they figure out the slot T? Are they going to be able to hold them down for the first two possessions? And then the next 13 possessions happened, and Liberty Hill was unstoppable and ran for 515 yards on the ground. Uh, but every time Liberty Hill, like Liberty Hill couldn't get a stop. They couldn't find a way to stop Danique has done and mm-hmm. Reggie, Reggie branch who were superstars for Crosby. Um, and this became a track meet very quickly. Oh yeah. This became back and forth, back and forth. Crosby took a little bit of a lead. Liberty Hill surges back to force overtime. They go to overtime. Reggie branch scores in two plays. And then Blake Simpson scores in one play for Liberty Hill. And Kent Walker goes, let's go for two. Um, go for two. Uh, there's, I think there's, I've watched the, uh, I've watched it a couple times. I think they, they hand the ball off and I think there's trouble with the exchange. Yes. I think it was, that's where it, it is. trouble with the exchange. I don't think, I don't think the running back ever had it. Mm-mm. And, and so the ball comes loose, it's a fumble and, and, uh, Crosby advances to their first state championship game since 1960. It was a fabulous game. It was a lot of fun to watch. Mm-hmm. They cut the brakes on that game real quick yeah. and it got really fun. And so now Crosby's into a state championship game. We'll talk more about the matchups tomorrow, but like my first overall uh, thought there is I need to see if Crosby can slow down the run because they are facing a team that, while I don't think Alito's defense is spectacular, mm-hmm. they are notably better than Liberty Hills. And I really feel like they... are not going to win 62-61 over Alito. Mm-mm. I really feel like they need one other person to to be in the right headspace and and make some yeah. plays too because if all Alito has to game for is two people that that poses a little bit of a threat for a Crosby there right exactly so uh, there is your five uh, A division two state championship game one o'clock Friday is Alito and Crosby the five A division one we go where let's talk about Denton Ryan and Summit Denton Ryan and Summit was a game that. I think on one hand, on one hand, I'm going to say this both. I'm going to say I think I'm going to say this about both these five eight division one finalists. On one hand, they played with their food, and they sat around and they let Summit hang around. The offense for 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 Ryan really at times was stuck in the mud. Um, they weren't able to get going as much as they wanted to, especially early and stuff mm-hmm. like that. This game was a one point game, and Summit had the ball. In the like with ten minutes to go, mm-hmm. okay. Summit fourth place. Summit, right? They were like that was huge. This was a twenty eight twenty seven game, um, in which uh, and and they had uh, it was twenty eight twenty seven with seven fifteen to go, and Summit had the ball, okay. But as much as I want, as much as you can say that about Ryan, mm-hmm. you have to finish the sentence. Yes. Because the finishing sentence is, when they needed to bow up with their key positions, which are defensive line, mm-hmm. and which are their receivers mm-hmm. and their playmakers, they and special teams, they came through aces. Because here's how that game finished. It's 28-27. Four and out. Uh, 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 Summit turns the ball over on downs. Um, uh, then next play... Next play, touchdown pass on a Philly special. Mm-hmm. Jatavian Sanders to Seth Hennigan. Next, uh, next thing, force a fumble, get the ball back, return it for a refer, return that ball for a touchdown, and suddenly it's forty two twenty seven. Then they force a they force a punt and they get a touchdown run to put make forty nine twenty seven with two minutes left in the game. So in the span of five minutes and fifteen seconds, they bl- they went from up one with the opponent driving for the lead to up by 22 and the game's over. 
Like, and that's the power of this Ryan team, is that they make splash plays on defense and on special teams, and it comes through in a big, big way. Well, that was what was funny, is obviously I was working a game, so I wasn't watching, and it was like, oh man, y'all are in the slack. One point game, one point game, mm-hmm. and then... Yeah, it seemed like maybe 10 minutes later, you know, I was kind of watching the game, look down back at my phone and go, oh, Ryan did that thing again that they do. <laughs> I know. It's, um, it's, 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 it was a really remarkable to see because I think that, and look, I think it's important. I think it's important that the last time we saw Ryan at, eight, well, that's not true because they played in Texas football days. The last time we play, saw Ryan in a playoff game at AT&T Stadium, mm-hmm. that game got hairy. And they had a case of lemon booty. Yep. Plain and simple. They they showed a lot of they showed championship uh, like metal in that game over when they went over Mansfield Summit. So now they're into the five A Division One State Championship game where they will face the Cedar Park Timberwolves, who pull away from uh, Corpus Christi Veterans Memorial uh, with a final score of I've got this. Um, it was sixty-one to twenty-eight. Thank you. Sixty-one twenty-eight. And they were down twenty-one to seventeen so, at half. So this game, this game, same thing. Cedar Park came out and played with their food, and they let mm-hmm. Carter Centerfit and this really talented Veterans Memorial team that I thought had a great game plan. They made a lot of mistakes in the first half. Mm-hmm. Did Cedar Park, and they let them hang around. They should have been up by like uh, ten to fourteen I more points. I don't know. I don't know what they said at halftime, but Cedar Park explodes for twenty-one third quarter points, uh, and and they run away. And mm-hmm. make it like it, it became the point where they're losing at halftime. And my thought is, really, this is the team that's supposed to challenge Den Ryan for the title. And then we get to the end of the third quarter, and I'm like, how is this team ever losing? Yeah. Like, they how went is, like, 38 unanswered they points. They went nuts. And it was really impressive to see that defense tighten up. The offense started clicking a little bit. They were able to get some outstanding playmakers, uh, Josh Cameron and, uh, and and Ryder Hernandez, and they were able to get that offense cooking. And they, they, they slept, wa- I think they slept walk through the first half mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, right? But yeah. they woke up in time. Now, they're into the state championship game. And if they sleepwalk for one minute, mm-hmm. let alone 24, church it's over they've got to play their best football for 48 minutes and that's what makes that such an int- interesting matchup mm-hmm. um my, my my overall first glance at at 5a division one is going to be can Denton ryan keep contain on Ryder hernandez and not let him get loose and out of because he's really dangerous when he extends the play can he do that and furthermore can ryan establish the run They've got to establish the run. They've got to be a balanced offense because if they're asking the passing game to go out there and win it for them, that's the game Cedar Park wants them to play. Mm-hmm. They've got to be able to run the ball with Keori Hicks and company. I think Seth Hennigan's got to be able to run the ball. I think they've got to get the ball to Billy Bowman and all their playmakers in interesting ways. A fascinating matchup. I think maybe my favorite matchup of the weekend. And I Ryan think that— The only matchup of unbeatens, by the way. I think it's interesting, too, because I feel like both teams have proven that they are capable of falling asleep and then bringing it back. But that's the thing is if one of these teams does that and the other one plays a full game, then they're they're in trouble. And so that'll be interesting because I said that like I genuinely think and I picked Cedar Park in the predictions. I think that they have a really good shot to go out here and do this thing. But they have to that second half last week just proved how explosive they can be. But they cannot 
come out the same way. But then didn't Ryan did the same thing. So it's going to be like who just plays consistently. In my opinion, in my opinion, I think Ryan's the favorite. Um, yes. But it would not surprise me in the least if Cedar Park won that game. Mm-mm. Not in the least. No. So we'll talk more about that tomorrow. Uh, now, on to 6A. We'll go to 6A Division Two, where Cedar Hill is into the state championship game with their victory over Denton Geyer. And a lot of this is going to come down, you know, look, I mean, it's, it's easy and fun to talk about um, uh, to talk about Caden Salter because mm-hmm. he was really, really good in this game. He ran for a touchdown, threw for a touchdown, caught a touchdown. He did a little bit of everything. And it was same song, different verse for Cedar Hill, which is when it's winning time, when it's winning time, when they needed the big play, he they turn to Caden Salter, mm-hmm. and he comes through with the big with the big play. He was fantastic. I thought he was I thought he was exceptional in this game. Uh, I also thought that you know uh, that you know the one thing about them that that is a little bit concerning going into the but I thought their receiver core with Anthony Thomas, Brian Rainey, and company, Javian Clemmer, I thought they were very good as well. And I think the defense showed up in a big way. I think it became very apparent uh, that for um, for Geyer. And uh, uh, injuries have something to do with that. That's not an excuse. Yeah. But injuries have something to do with it. But they were really, really... Cedar Hill needs Caden Salter to have a great game mm-hmm. if they're going to win a state championship. For Eli Stowers, there was even more on his plate. Like, yes. he had to go out there and, and, and win he that game. He had to be the he guy. He had to be the, the, the guy. And... and, and in a lot of ways, the Cedar Hill defense was able to lock lock up. Mm-hmm. I think that that's an underrated Cedar Hill defense that yes. came through in a big way, comes through with the victory, um, and they are now through to their state championship game where they will face – and by the way, I know I mentioned this on Twitter, but I feel really good for Carlos Lynn, the mm-hmm. head coach at Cedar Hill. Um, I think he has taken a lot of heat for who he's not. Mm-hmm. Because he was following Joey McGuire, and Joey McGuire was not not only one, but was also like be just beloved. Yeah, right. I think he's taking a lot of heat for who he's not, and now he's got them back in a state championship game. And I thought that that like I thought, and I think that if you talk with Joey McGuire, I'll tell you the same thing. Like the heat was not fair. That's not no. fair to him. Like that, I think it's unfair criticism to to Carlos Lynn, who's a really good coach. Have they underachieved at times? Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. But at the same time. I think he's a good coach. I think they've caught a couple of bad breaks. Mm-hmm. Now they're in a new state championship game, and it's easy to feel good for Carlson, who's also just a really, really good guy. Yeah, I was going to say, you ever sit down and talk to Coach Great Lynn time. just about his program, you can hear the love in his voice that he has yes. for those kids. Like, Cedar Hill obviously had it the same way with Joey McGuire. They made a great hire in a person that genuinely gives it at all for, for his kids. And so now, who will they face? They will face... The Katy Tigers. And here, with a report on that game, is Ashley Pickle. My, oh my. I mean, yeah, I don't know if Buda <laughs> Hayes kind of just stayed in Austin or what. That was, you well, know, it was just, it's an un, it's an unfair matchup at that point. Katy is let me, let an me, entire other beast. Let me, let me just put this out there. I think that is a lot more about Katie than it is about Hayes. Yes, I agree completely. I think that Katie is a wrecking machine mm-hmm. right now. And you saw it mm-hmm. in person. They are churning on all cylinders. They are a team that... This is an old school Katie team. Mm-hmm. This is what they do. In that they line up two tight ends and they're going to... You know what play is coming. Mm-hmm. They may as well hold up a sign and say... 
we're going to run off left guard. Yep. And you can't do Tie. anything about it no, because that big can't. offensive line pushes and they get Jalen Davis and Seth Davis going, uh, and they are terrific running the ball. And then, by the way, and they only did it a couple of times, but then they'll pull it and they'll go play action. Mm-hmm. They'll pull it and go play action, and it's super effective because you have to load up to stop the exactly. run because they're so good at it. And Caleb Coger, I thought, and remember, he was not supposed to be the starter this year. They like He has stepped up in a big way. Mm-hmm. The receivers come through when they need them. They don't ask them to do a ton, no. but when they need them to, they come through big. And then, of course, there's the defense. And mm-hmm. the defense is what they've always hung their hat on. They hold a high, high, high-powered Buda Hayes offense to just 183 yards of, of total offense. Uh, they hold them to six yards rushing. Mm-hmm. Six. That's incredible. And I think the reason – I kind of figured out, I think, why why Gary Joseph likes Coger so much. I really think it's because he's so disciplined in the pocket. Like, obviously, Joseph is a – he's a no BS type of go- like coach, the way that he, he runs mm-hmm. his program. And he – Coger was always exactly where he needed to be. He knew the game plan. He had him lined up perfectly. He didn't have to do too much, but he right. did exactly his job, and they all do exactly their job, and that's what makes it so effective. And that's, that's the thing about KD quarterbacks is really, unless you go back to like Andy Dalton, mm-hmm. Gary Joseph doesn't need his quarterback to go out there and do too much. But what he needs him to do is exactly what he's told. Yes. You know what I mean? And you he do not, does just you do not, that. And this, I'm, this is not supposed to be a knock on any quarterback. What I'm saying is you do not have to be a five-star blue-chip quarterback to play Mm-mm. quarterback at Katie. What you need to be is a guy who can make the throws you need to, mm-hmm. who can make the reads you need to, who can manage the offense, who can go out there and do your job. Mm-hmm. And Caleb Coger, from what I saw, is a guy who does the job. Exactly. Plain and simple. And and it's very, very impressive to see uh, the machine up and going. So my first take, obviously this is the fourth time in nine years that we're going to get Katie versus Cedar Hill in a title game to 1 o'clock Saturday. Um, a lot of this comes down to, A, whether or not Cedar Hill can slow down the Katie rushing attack, duh. Mm-hmm. And B... Whether or not um, someone can emerge other than Caden Salter mm-hmm. to challenge this Katie defense, yes, because as good as Katie, as good as Caden Salter is, he he's not going to be able to do it alone against this Katie defense. He's no, not. that that front line is they're right. insane humans. They need somebody else. They need a running game to step up. They need their receivers to play great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this game is really interesting. Obviously, a lot of history between these two teams. Um, it will be very intriguing to watch this game, mm-hmm. Katie and uh, Cedar Hill. And then we're on to 6A Division One. 6A Division One. let's start. What are we, by who's it not here? <laughs> let's start, yeah, really. Let's start with what happened the last ticket we punched, which was at Globe Life Park in Arlington, uh, as South Lake Carroll takes down Duncanville, the two-time defending runner-up in 6A Division One. Uh, they take them down. Uh, courtesy of two things. Uh, 34-27 there at Globe Life Park in Arlington. It was courtesy of two things. One, it was a tremendous second half, especially defensively. They tightened up in the second half. This game was uh, 27-21 at halftime, and Duncanville didn't score again. Duncanville didn't score again. That was a big part of it. The other part of it is, and I think that this is... We, needless to say, we talk a lot about Quinn Ewers. And Quinn Ewers was, he was good in this game. I don't think I would call him great in this game. I don't think he'd call himself great. I think a lot of that's a credit to the Duncanville defense. Make no mistake, Carroll won this game because of Owen Allen. They won it because of their running game. 
They won it because they were able to, to run the ball effectively with Owen Allen, and that big offensive line was able to do what basically nobody's been able to do against Duncanville, which is get a push. And Owen Allen, just a sophomore, runs for 192 yards and two touchdowns. And this kid, he is a he's not a bruiser, but mm-hmm. he's he's a pinball. Mm-hmm. And and he's a guy who his balance is really impressive. That if you watch him, it like you better wrap up and bring him to the ground. You had better. Tre- He's slippery. Yes, you had better treat him as if he is Jerome Bettis. Mm-hmm. In that you'd better tackle him low and bring him down because if you try to tackle him around the shoulders, he's going to shake it. It was very impressive to watch that work, and they were able to hold on late and come through with a big win. Obviously, without their coach Riley Dodge, who did not coach in this game because he uh, he had been diagnosed with COVID nineteen. Uh, from what I understand, he will be able to coach in the state championship game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, a, a huge credit to Lee Munn, their defensive coordinator and um, and and uh, assistant head coach who stepped in as the interim. And, yeah, and that's a that's, that's a, a big job. that's a tough task right there. Like I mean, in that's a semifinal. Like, yeah, that's like. You know, throw it back to the quarterback last year with Geyer. The poor freshman finds out, yeah. you know, oh, hey, we're in the state title game. Time to uh, time to go play. Like, that's not an easy job. No, certainly And not. you put a lot – I'm sure he put so much more pressure on himself than oh, anyone absolutely. else put the pressure on him. Uh, and so South Lake Carroll is through to the state championship game after knocking off Duncanville. I, I think I'd call that an upset, a mild upset. Maybe just because not because Duncanville. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think it's because of the two teams that were at play. I think it's everyone's perception on if Duncanville's yeah. been here the past two years and they were fully expected to go back. Mm-hmm. I think that that's why. But if you look at the top or the two teams, I don't think you could necessarily consider no, that thought, an upset. You know, I think, you know, I, I picked Duncanville, but I didn't think that, I, that Carol was going to get buried or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And then you go to the other game, which is that we will have for the first time since 2017. We will have a 6A Division One state champion that is not Galena Park North Shore. I would say this one was more of the upset. A See, that's bit. interesting. I, I, kind of. I, yeah. just, uh, I, I mean, again, it's because of perspective, but at the same time, it's just the namesake. Maybe, but at the same time, this was a matchup of two unbeaten's. Mm-hmm. Or this matchup of, of two unbeaten's. It was a matchup of two state champions with a defense that we knew would be the only defense right. that we thought could stop North Shore all along. As Westlake beats North Shore twenty-four to twenty-one in an absolute instant classic, um, and there's a lot to break down from this game. But most notably, I thought, you know, the big matchup in this game was going to be what happens when the Westlake defense meets the North Shore offense. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a masterpiece from Westlake, mm-hmm. an absolute defensive masterpiece, what they were able to do. They were able to pressure and confuse in many ways Demetrius Davis. They were able to cover receivers long enough to let the pressure get there. And they and they were sending a lot of exotic blitzes. They were sending a lot of different coverages at him um, to make him make reads. There were no easy reads for him. Mm-mm. Furthermore, they did not let them run the ball. You know, they were they were not able to get that push they normally do up front. They were not able to run the ball, and it was a very very impressive uh, you know performance defensively from them. Let's also notice note that this was a really good defensive performance from North Shore too. Mm-hmm. Um, who basically gave up like two or three big plays, and other than that, they were they were locked in. Their defense was fantastic in this game. Uh, but I thought that there were two key plays in this game, two key plays. One of them came right before halftime. Westlake's up ten to seven, 
and um, Westlake's up 10 to 7, and they're backed up, and it's like second and like 25 Mm -hmm. near midfield. And they break a long run that gets them down to the 15, and two plays later, they're in the end zone, right? That play puts them up 17-7 going into halftime. That was a huge, huge momentum changer. And then obviously, the the play that everybody's going to, you know, talk about is Kate Klubnick's throw to, to Mitchell Taffy. Michael Taffy? Mitchell Taffy. Uh, the receiver, he gets one-on-one coverage. He rolls to his right. He fires, and he finds Taffy on the deep ball. And a couple plays later on a fourth and one, Klubnick runs in to, to score to give him the lead with about two minutes left. That was, a, that was a big boy throw. That was a big, big, big boy throw. And they were able to come up with the plays. Here's the best compliment I can pay for North Shore, okay? Best compliment I can pay. Westlake played a whale of a game. Mm-hmm. Westlake was plus three in the turnover margin. Mm-hmm. And basically, Westlake won by an inch on fourth down. Right? Like, it came down to two fourth down plays. Mm-hmm. of On fourth and goal at the, at the half-yard line, Klubnik pulls and takes it himself. And then, um, and then it came down to fourth and long. They hit Shadrick Banks, and they stop him about a half-yard short on fourth down to, to, to ice it, to turn the pull over on down. That, that's what it took to beat North Shore. Mm-hmm. That's a compliment to North Shore and obviously a compliment to Westlake, who now has the most, import, the most impressive victory of any team at any level this year. Mm-hmm. That, is, that, is a, that is the signature win in Texas high school football this year, is beating North Shore, especially in Katy. Let's not lose sight of that. Right. Yeah, and that's that. I guess that's more along the line of what I meant by like. I think that this one was a bigger upset, and I think it's in the same way of just when you look at the stigma of North Shore being the two-time defending state champion. Yes. You're going and fully expecting them all season Mm -hmm. to get back to that point, regardless of who they play, to be able to do that. And yeah, have the signature win in the state. It's like upset isn't the right word, but right. signature win signature is. Signature win, it sure is. And so now you get the the final game of the 2020 Texas high school ball season in 2021 uh, is uh, South Lake Carroll versus Austin Westlake, and it's a, a game devoid of storylines. We'll have to manufacture something. Yeah, um, they're, they're giving us nothing to work with. Here. So the quarterback matchup's unbelievable. I mean, this is, oh, yeah. this is two of, like, the top three, three. or four quarterbacks mm-hmm. in the class of 2022 and Cade Klubnick uh, going up against Quinn Ewers. I mean, that's that's heady stuff. That's going to be very fun. Obviously, what happens when the South Lake Carroll offense meets the Westlake defense is going to take center stage. Owen Allen's going to need to have another big game against Westlake mm-hmm. uh, if they're going to bring home a state championship. Uh, that game, that, that's a fantastic, fantastic matchup. I think the South Lake Carroll defense is pretty underrated. I mm-hmm. think the numbers are a little skewed because early in the year they were super young and they got lit mm-hmm. up a couple of times. The other thing, too, and yeah, I always say this with those high-flying teams like that, you've got to give them – they get yeah. a bad rap sometimes because their offense is so effective and scores so quickly. Yeah. Those guys are on the field 99% of the time, it seems yeah, like. Yeah, it seems like they never come off the field. Right. And so, yeah, if and you take a look at it, earlier in the year they did get – torched a bit mm-hmm. and as a result that's kind of skewing the numbers uh like for example they gave up uh 57 to rockwall well, Heath, and yeah. they gave up 44 to rockwall right like they gave up uh, you know they, they did that but their defense i think is better mm-hmm. it will need to be great against the westlake offense because the westlake offense especially uh if kate klubnick is able to to, to move out of the pocket is going to be impressive uh and then i guess there's the coaching matchup right <laughs> the dodgeball I guess there's the coaching matchup. That's pretty cool, though. It's cool. That's it's cool. I'm already tired of it. 
<laughs> right. I mean, right. It, because but, the thing is, it's such an easy narrative, and it's it's great to, for people to, to hop onto it. And I'm very excited about it. But one of the things is that, like, I don't think it's determinative as to who's going to win the game. No, it's but a, I think people. It's a, it's a great story. People though. like the heart. I mean, think about like put put yourself in that shoes. If if you were able to go coach against your dad, not only. It would have been one thing if they played the normal game that they were supposed yeah. to, but to do it at the highest, literally the highest level yeah. in six A Division One, that's pretty stinking it's cool. Great. Like it's great. It's people gonna, are going to attach to that. It's going to be a lot of fun. I think what what is going to be very interesting. I I made the comment. A new episode of Tep and Step is up. Uh, our premium high school football podcast. Step and I talked about it. I I think this is a this is a prediction. I think in the first quarter. Carroll is going to run something of like a trick play. I think they're mm-hmm. going to run something to that, even if it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Just to say, R- we're that on Riley's, our toes. That Riley's going to look across the field and say, "You don't know what I'm doing." Game on, old man. Yeah, right. <laughs> you don't know what I'm doing. I think that's important. And I think it's important that because literally Todd Dodge taught Riley Dodge everything he knows you know right I mean? oh yeah so to I mean, he me, coached him for Christ's sake right so for <laughs> me what I want to see is I think I think Carol's got to come out and and they gotta they gotta do something different yeah I I, gotta, I think and, and and again they can stick to their game plan mm-hmm. I want to be clear they can dance with the one that brung them but I think it's important for to get Westlake off kilter mm-hmm. because these two coaching staffs know each other really well, and it's deeper than just the the, the, the head, head coach. Yep, like a lot of the assistants know each other, mm-hmm. and so these two teams know each other very well. I think the onus is probably on South Lake Carroll, who is, in my opinion, a slight underdog in this mm-hmm. game. I think the onus is on them to get Westlake thinking, to not think that to to tell them you do not have the script, mm-hmm. you do not know what's going on, you do not know how this movie ends. I think it's important, and I think you're going to see that early in the first quarter. We'll talk more about that as as the week goes on. But there you go. There's a look at the state semifinals. It's like that video that goes around, and it was like they say something normally, and they said, but add a little spice. Right. Add a little spice. <laughs> you know, it's like, you taught me everything I know, but yeah. I got a few tricks Get up my different. sleeve. Yeah. Get a little different. Add a little spice. It's going to be fun. It's going to be great. It's going to be a great weekend. By the way, I'll be there. Yeah. I was fixing to say, like, it's kind of more exciting knowing that you're going to see some of this stuff. I will not be attending. I will be attending my first high school football game of the 2020 <laughs> season uh, this week, uh, as uh, because Fox Sports Southwest will will be out there doing um, uh, the. I, I believe I'll be on the field with Aaron Hardigan and Rick Renner at standing at like a little table on the field, um, and then we'll have Coach and CT up in a booth uh, with uh, the um, the camera with you know the field as the background and stuff like that. Uh, from what I understand, part of the reason. If you're interested, part of the reason we're doing it is so Fox Sports Southwest also has the rights to the Dallas Mavericks and the Dallas Stars and the New Orleans Pelicans and the um, and the um, San Antonio Spurs, San Antonio Spurs and the Oklahoma City Thunder. They've only got two studios. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I think they're like, that's why like all those Rangers broadcasts were from the empty Rangers stadium mm-hmm. because it served as like an auxiliary studio for Fox. I think they're doing the same thing at AT&T Stadium. And that's why we're going to be out there because it's like there's so much going on this weekend and they want to make sure we have a place to actually do the football games. So there you go. I'll be out there. So um, I'm not going to go near anybody. So you can wave. You can yell at me and wave. You're going to be there. Yeah. Let's normalize not coming up and getting super close to people when they're on the sideline or giving them a hug not right now let's cut that out Not right now 
let's 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 cut that out. Now we've got Ashley Pickle for America's second favorite segment, Final Thoughts. Um, just wanted to remind everyone, well, programming note, we've decided we'll do a show tomorrow and Wednesday as well. We will be off Thursday and Friday. Thursday we'll be setting up. Friday we will be at the state championship games. Mm-hmm. Other thing, um, our state hub is live, so go check that out. And the YouTube page has this goofball over here. There's goofball. Hi, goofball. Wave goofball. His predictions are up. His picks videos. We got those up yesterday. So if you haven't watched them, go watch them. Your hand looks weird like that. I think I'm gonna. I think I'm in a good spot to win the Star Telegram picks thing again. Yeah, I, I think I've got a two game. I lead think I blew going, it this week. I think I've got a two game lead going into the final week. I think I blew it this week. Did you really? I went six and two. I don't remember. Did we? Do I know anything? I got. I know I got Duncanville and North Shore wrong. I got both those wrong. Those are the two I missed. I got all four five gate five eight games right, and then I got mm. Katie and I got Cedar Hill. Who did Cedar Hill play? Geyer. I might have gotten that one wrong. Maybe I don't remember. It's okay. I think I've got a two game lead with four to go. So, and I feel, I feel pretty confident in at least two of those games. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you which ones those are tomorrow on Texas Football Today. That's going to do it for us. <laughs> Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. For Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tupper. Vince Young, please meet your Player of the Year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow on Texas Football Today. Mm-hmm.